green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, March 13th. Living Oracles. Today's scripture reading is found in Acts chapter 7, verses 35 through 39 from the Message Translation, which reads, This is the same Moses whom they earlier rejected, saying, Who put you in charge of us? This is the Moses that God, using the angel flaming in the burning bush, sent back as ruler and redeemer. He led them out of their slavery. He did wonderful things, setting up God signs all through Egypt, down at the Red Sea and out in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to his congregation, God will raise up a prophet just like me from your descendants. This is the Moses who stood between the angel speaking at Sinai and your fathers assembled in the wilderness and took the life-giving words given to him and handed them over to us, words our fathers would have nothing to do with. This is God's word. Six words at creation, ten words from the mountain. Seven words on the cross on that other mountain. This is our devotional path leading us up to Easter as, leaving Nineveh with its bustling and rustling revival under the brooding nose of the sullen prophet, we venture out to survey three profound moments when God spoke, culminating in the arrival of the one who is better than Jonah. That's been our devotional theme these weeks leading up to Easter, when God spoke specifically in these ten words from Mount Sinai that we know as the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. We paused to hear the first five last week, the first three of which established the divine context in which healthy human life and community may glow and furnish. No other gods. I'm God, you're not. No manufactured gods. No fesseling. Respect for the name. No verbal fesseling. The fourth word God spoke then provides a regular weekly space in which to lean into the oneness of this divine context. That would be Shabbat, or the Sabbath. With a fifth word containing the pivot from the oneness of this divine context into a healthy and thriving human context, grounded in honor, worth, and respect in the primal culture of the home and family, from which flows out the life-giving dynamics encapsulated in the final five words from the mountain. While standing before the Jewish High Council in Acts 7, Stephen calls these ten words living oracles, given to Moses from God to pass on to the people of Israel, or as rendered in the King James Version, lively oracles. The word translated oracles literally meaning little wee words in the Greek. Yeah, God just had some wee words think 
divine memos with the people that we've been chiseling into public monuments ever since. Ironically, we're chiseling into stone what is fundamentally alive and vibrant and in motion. Or as I think I put it last week, it's not a question of us being under these words, as it is that these ten words are under us, as a reflection of an abiding reality that can ultimately only be carved into human hearts. Perhaps this is why the people were instructed not to make any graven images, fessels, because the only canvas capable of adequately capturing the divine likeness is the embodied existence of a human being's heart and soul. See, they actually required that the Torah be written on membrane, on dead skins. But ultimately, the Torah can only truly come to life when it is encased, embodied within living membrane, living skin, which is Jesus, which is us, as the word, the Torah, is fulfilled in us. So, you might say that through the ten plagues, God got the people out of slavery, and then in these ten we words, he got slavery out of the people through ten mitzvot that held the empowering potential to heal and repair the world if we actually embodied them. A new pace, banishing the rat race and leaning into Sabbath space where the divine rhythm of oneness could be tasted and a healthy human context could thrive. And so, we dive in to the final five living we words of God when God spoke on the mountain. So, as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, I'm going to ask it again. What is the first impression that pops into your mind when you hear the phrase, the Ten Commandments? Is that first impression positive or negative? Why? Do you consider yourself under these Ten Commandments? Why or why not? In what more significant way might they, in fact, remain under you and me, undergirding us, forming us, and filling a divine community infused with divine reality on earth as it is in heaven? Is this a new thought to you? And if so, what are its implications? Ten words, ten mitzvot, ten living oracles meant to shape a revolutionary human existence rooted in the oneness of the divine and issuing in humanity, rooted in mutual honor and respect as we salve rather than slaughter, are focused rather than faithless, give rather than take, traffic in truth rather than twisting our story, are grateful rather than keep grasping for more. Write each of these living words on this living, beating heart by the power of the Son who is in the bosom of the Father and the life-giving breath of your Spirit. Entering these dry bones and those and those until we, a living host, one humanity, rise to become the holy temple which you have always intended. Through your mercies, 
Lord Jesus.